Hello, welcome to episode 6 of the Basketball Soapbox. I'll be talking about the aftermath of the Celtics' sweep over the Nets, uh, the advancing of the Bucks, Heat, and Warriors into the second round, as well as game 6s tonight. Uh, we have the 76ers versus the Raptors, the Suns versus the Pelicans, and the Mavs versus the Jazz. Let's get into it. to the second round, we're looking at the Boston Celtics. Um, they swept the Brooklyn Nets in an unexpected uh, outcome on the series for media and uh, uh, experts alike. Uh, we didn't see a sweep happening. We thought Some have the uh, Celtics winning this series. Uh, some have the Nets even going to the finals. And for them to get swept in the first round was a big surprise to a lot of people. Um, the Boston Celtics finished that off 116-112 to 112 on Monday night. Um, and just a great performance from Jason Tatum. A great performance from the overall the Boston Celtics. Uh, uh, basically putting away Big Brother in, away in this series. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are kind of like the OGs of the Eastern Conference, even though their team is recently younger. Um, the, the skill that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving possess, uh, you didn't think they would get swept. And to go out that way against the Celtics defense, that was just uh, uh, ferocious, uh, taking things away from them, uh, the Brooklyn Nets just putting them in difficult situations where other guys have to step up. And even though they had a better outing from Kevin Durant and Seth Curry in this in this game, it just wasn't enough. Uh, Boston, again, just took control of this game and had a stranglehold on it from the beginning. Even when you saw Kevin Durant getting go it going early on, he had 11 in the first quarter, probably his best start in the series. And the Celtics were just able to put it together team-wise. Derek White had a good first quarter. Uh, Jalen Brown, and they just took it over into the halftime. Um, Jason Tatum had 12. Jalen Brown had 12 going into halftime. Grant Williams off the bench, who has been a marksman from three in this series. I think he shot 50% for the series from three. And he has just been a marksman for the Celtics and has been big time and stepping off off the bench where I thought that would have been a question mark. Can these guys hit shots and Peyton Pritchard and, and uh, Grant Williams, and they have so far in the series, and hopefully they can continue it going forward because that's going to be vital to the Celtics. Um, the Celtics won the halftime up 58-50, um, and you just felt like, oh, is this the same story again for the Nets? Even though they had a great outing by Kevin Durant, he had 20 in the first half. You just kind of felt like, oh, this is the same old story, you know, with these Brooklyn Nets, and how are they going to answer, and how are they going to respond? Um, and the Celtics just took care of business. They they got timely stops when they needed down the stretch again. And surprisingly, this series was close. Um, all these games were decided within single digits. Uh, no more than no more than seven. As bad as the series looked for Brooklyn, and I believe they shot 50% on the series and I think 40% even from three. It was just a testament to how Boston's defense, even with that high shooting percentage from Brooklyn, how... The Celtics were able to deter and kind of stagnate their offense just enough, create turnovers, uh, make them second-guess themselves into turnovers and, and bad shots at times, just enough to get the Brooklyn Nets out of sorts. And the Nets just can't guard anybody. That's going to be something they're going to have to look into. That's something that they were missing from Ben Simmons in this series. 
uh, a guy who can guard on the perimeter and get timely stops and, and switchability that the Nets just didn't have in this series. Um, big time second half for Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum had 17 in the second half and really commanded that series and basically took a, a what we feel like is a step into superstardom. Um, he's been growing on that, and we always wanted to look at his shot selection and making his teammates better. In this series, he has done that. And to continue into the second round against now where he's going to face Giannis is big time. But um, Marcus Smart stepped up again in, 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 in the second half of them. He had 15, uh, knocked down a couple threes, and was good distributing the ball, as well as uh, Jalen Brown, who was good. Um, but this is just a total team effort, and we know J Jason Tatum's the star of this team, but a total team effort from the Boston Celtics top to bottom, uh, taking turns guarding Durant, um, flustering Kyrie Irving at times, and, and, and just getting the Nets out of sorts. Um, and this is just just a testament to the Boston Celtics and their turnaround in this season to want to face Brooklyn, not not to be afraid of Brooklyn, and to take them head on. Um, that speaks to the character of this team going forward. And as a Celtics fan, it's 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 – it's a great feeling to see this team do this and what they were capable of. And, and at times we didn't have defensive guys and uh, in the past years and especially last year with COVID and the team turnaround and everyone kind of uncertain of the direction of the team um, to, to turn it around this season, entering it with Dennis Schroeder and, and Josh Richardson, able to flip those guys for Derek White and uh, Daniel Tice. Uh, two solid guys that helped the Celtics kind of fit in their rotation, made Marcus Smart the full-time point guard. Um, and really got him into that role and, and, and knew that was a transition where everyone was kind of questioning. Even I was questioning, I'm a Marcus Smart guy. But I felt like it was him being the playmaker the last two years was good to see him in that uh, full-time point guard role to distribute and set up the offense. And he has really taken a leap going forward to cementing that spot and paying dividends and getting everybody to the natural positions uh, where Smart plays point. Jalen Brown plays shooting guard. Jason Tatum at small forward. Horford and Williams and Tice, I guess, has the front line. Um, it's just good to see this team fully come to form and, and take care of business early on. Um, Marcus Smart finished that game with 20 and 11, 20, 20 points, 11 assists. And, and if he can get those numbers going forward in the playoffs or even forward in his career, that speaks dividends to the Boston Celtics because it always felt like they were looking for uh, a primetime point guard. Uh, in, in past years, we had scoring point guards and, and – Guys that really mm -hmm. focus was on scoring and not necessarily creating and distributing. And also with the smaller guards with Kyrie, we had Kyrie and Kimba Walker. And at times this year, Dennis Schroeder, they're just too small to defend uh, these big wings and switchability that the Celtics wanted to do, especially under Ime Adoka. Um, it just speaks volumes to how vital he's been to this team this season. Um, the maturity of J um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and their uh, – uh, maturing into leadership roles. Um, that is something that's awesome to see in the, going forward with the Boston Celtics. Um, and they took they took care of business. Their defense was spot on and kind of like a little bit of the Patriots a little bit. You know how the Patriots had those defenses those years where they they gave up a lot of yards, but they always got the timely stops and, and, and stopped teams from scoring, got the field goals and, instead of giving up the touchdown. So it's kind of similar to that where we're seeing where the Celtics are, are taking the strengths away of teams and – Turning it into turnovers and, and and difficult shots and capitalizing on that on the offensive end, even when their offense is stagnant, 
their defense allows them to to buy them time in order to get back into their offensive rhythm, get to the line, and create easy buckets. I think that was something that was missing in the, especially last year. Um, and we turn it around. The, the Celtics are heading to the second round um, uh, to face the Bucks that we will talk about in a minute. But at first, I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they're going to have an interesting offseason. Um, of course, everyone's kind of questioning Steve Nash and why didn't he play Blake Griffin, Lamar Soldridge, and these other guys that he has on his roster and, and kind of looking at him and asking for his head to be fired here. Uh, well, that's not going to happen. There's already been a report that there, he's most likely going to return next season for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I don't see him getting fired when he came there with Kevin Durant. Um, I think there could be a change in his uh, uh, as his assistants go forward, but I, I don't see him getting fired over that. I think they're going to try to stay the course and try to turn this around next season. But there's a lot of question marks with this team, um, especially Ben Simmons. Uh, this is a guy who has three years left on his deal, I believe. He has a hundred and I believe twenty million dollars left on his contract. So they're definitely going to have to figure out what they're going to do with him, especially with this mental health thing in his back and all these varying factors that's happening around him, and to just get him back on the court. Um, that seems that's going to be an issue going forward and, and, and trying to navigate that in order to get him to assist this team because he brings a lot what the Brooklyn Nets need in terms of the distributor, in terms of a defender that can guard uh, a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown, switch on to the perimeter, use his size to create havoc, and rebounding and playing tough defense. And it, I believe he can make it easier for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving if available. And on a team where he doesn't have to shoot, this team added uh, Patty Mills and Seth Curry, two knockdown shooters. You can play a small ball lineup, even at, even uh, Ben Simmons at center, Kevin Durant at forward. And, and you can probably explore a three-guard lineup or get a Joe Harris when he's healthy back in there or Bruce Brown who's still available and still have enough there where you can have flexibility to guard these guys because they're late, late game situations. Guys were finding switches and attacking uh, Kevin Durant and, and, and Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton. Putting Ben Simmons in that role at least makes you a little bit more successful defensively where the Nets have struggled this season. Um, going forward, they also have to figure out what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving. He's most likely going to decline his player option and look for a backs contract. Um, some people are saying north of $200 million. Uh, the Nets have a big decision on that if they're going to do that. Um, Kyrie Irving hasn't been the most durable. He hasn't been the most reliable in terms of uh, of health. He's always had knee injuries and nagging injuries and missed uh, sometimes upward to 20-plus games. And with this whole vaccine fiasco, and of course that's over now. I believe that's in the rear view right now. And the NBA is probably going to better handle that going forward. But to invest... $250 million into a player that's barely available that you could have problems with going forward, um, who has a mindset. <laughs> Kyrie Irving recently said he wants to manage this team with Kevin Durant and the general manager and the owner. Um, and if that's that team team up of Brooklyn and what they expected, um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, definitely going to be interesting to see how that goes forward with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and how long this relationship lasts with the Brooklyn Nets uh, because it, it is a volatile situation. Kyrie Irving isn't the most uh, franchise-friendly guy around the league and definitely going to be interesting how that develops over the course of the offseason. Um, 
and what this team does. It looks like they're going to either have to explore trading Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving, or if not, bring this team back, add a couple more pieces where they can uh, add to their bench. Um, Bruce Brown's contract is up, I believe. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this team moves forward, if they can find any flexibility. Um, some people have said, uh, uh, rumored in the rumor mill to trade for Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, if he's not available, whatever the case may be. Uh, depending on what happens with Utah, that seems likely that Gobert is going to be traded. I believe that uh, Utah can get more for Rudy Gobert than Ben Simmons, but if Ben Simmons is available and able to play, I think that's a good trade that they can explore. At least they have a defensive anchor. They possibly could or still run into the same problems of <clears throat> Utah, what they've run into this year where late in games covering the three and covering the perimeter with Rudy Gobert. Brooklyn could very well run into that as well. Um, so there's some, there's some decision-making to go uh, around in Brooklyn um, heading forward. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, staff-wise to their assistants. It's going to be interesting to see what they do roster-wise because they're going to have to either commit fully to Kyrie Irving. Is that going to not committing to Kyrie Irving? Is that going to upset Kevin Durant because they are, they are they're their friends and 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 have this outlook of running this franchise together? And if the team isn't fully committed to Kyrie Irving, are they fully committed to Kevin Durant? And there's going to be a lot of conversation, a lot of talks in the offseason about Brooklyn. Uh, people, they were one of the two favorites, with even though with James Harden, uh, to get to the finals. Uh, be uh, Some even picked them to win the finals. So that to be swept in the first round after finals expectations, it's going to be interesting to see how this team goes forward. Now moving on to the second round of the playoffs where the Celtics will take on the Bucks. Uh, that game that gets started on Sunday at one o'clock. Um, this series uh, is probably already predetermined. People are already counting the Bucks out. Um, with uh, Chris Middleton going to possibly miss the series, it's already been reported that he most likely will miss the series with a sprained MCL uh, to his knee. That's a big loss for the Bucks going forward. Um, he brings creativity to their. Uh, Offense and off the dribble and shot creation, um, a solid defender, um, a big time shot maker, and for them to lose that going forward in the series with the Celtics, uh, it looks like the Celtics. Uh, I'm going to pick them to win in five or six. Uh, I think the Celtics are going to be able to have the front line to handle Giannis. Um, the question in this series for me is, is: Is can Giannis create enough for his teammates to knock down shots? Giannis is going to do his thing. He's probably going to get north of 25 points, north of 10 rebounds. Um, the question is, can Grayson Allen, can a Pat Collington, can Bobby Portis, can Brooke Lopez knock down those open shots, even the Wesley Matthews? Can they knock down these open shots to create enough space and, and create enough opportunities for Giannis to get to the bucket? Um, more space on the floor is going to benefit the Bucks in this series. And people have questioned their defense heading in. I have especially questioned their defense. How is that going to hold up against Boston? Uh, this is definitely a, def a better defensive team than Brooklyn. Um but how are those other guys going to help Giannis? Can Drew Holiday lock down a, a Jalen Brown and, and create steals and create havoc and, and possibly update, up up his efficiency scoring-wise? Um, can Grayson Allen and Pat Connington continue their good shooting that they had against the Bulls, even though the Bulls are not uh, the Bulls are not a, a great three-point shooting team and, and not a great defensive team? Can they step it up against a better defensive team as the Celtics? Um those shots are not going to be as open as they they were 
with the Celtics front line guarding Giannis, with Rob Williams getting extra rest during this, the course of this playoffs, um, with the Horford, with the ties to handle Giannis and and and, and kind of uh, put up a wall of resistance against him, especially Jason Tatum's going to take some looks at him, Jalen Brown, maybe even Marcus Smart at times. So the Celtics are prepared to handle Giannis, I think, size-wise. The question is, can they rotate enough to cause havoc to not let these shooters for Milwaukee knock down these shots? And can these shooters from Milwaukee knock down these shots? Um, I think that's going to be the big question heading into the series, and that's going to be the chess match that uh, Mike Budenholzer and Ime Yudoka are going to have to figure out um, going forward. When looking at this Boston Celtics team with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown taking the charge and Marcus Smart taking that charge of being the point guard, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack Giannis and what they give and what they take away. Because you're not going to be able to take away everything against Milwaukee. Um, it's just going to be a pick your poison. Are they going to throw single coverage at Giannis? Um, lots of questions going into the second round, but I got the Celtics in six, five or six in this series. Um, I just think we have better depth. Um, I think we have the better players. I think we have the better starting lineup to handle Giannis rather than Chicago, who put up a, some type of fight. But I don't know. I don't know if they can, especially without Chris Middleton. I don't know if Milwaukee can sustain offensive nut to contest with the Boston Celtics, especially with their defense. You're taking the offensive weapon away from Milwaukee. Um, I think a guy that's going to be huge in this game, especially two guys that are going to be huge, is Brooke Lopez and Bobby Porter's. Can they stretch the floor enough to to help Giannis out in these games and, and, and make it easier, provide a little bit more spacing on the floor for him? I think this is going to be a big-time series, and Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez have played well so far um, in the playoffs and have been able to knock down shots and provide spacing. But now against the Celtics team, are they going to be able to control the boards? Are they going to be able to knock down shots? And it's going to be interesting to see how this series plays out. But let's not also count on the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they are the defending champions. They are tough as nails. You know, uh, I believe Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Um, he's not going to win MVP this year, in my opinion. But a guy like that who who has everything that everybody wants as uh, a finals MVP, an MVP, and a defensive player of the year under his belt, um, you know he's not going to go down without a fight um, against the Boston Celtics, even as good as they are playing. Um, I think the the Bucks are gonna. They have that know how of being a champion, and you don't lose that. That doesn't go away, especially as young as this team is, and and led by the guy Giannis, and just being there before and him playing big time games in the playoffs last year. They're not gonna go down easy. Uh, you gotta respect this team. They are the champions. They are the champions until somebody beats them. That's how things go in the NBA. That's how things go in life. You are the champion until someone beats you, and. Despite all the injuries and, and questions that I have against Milwaukee, they're going to be ready to go. Um, Giannis is not going to lay down, even against this Celtics team that has looked unstoppable this playoffs and, and over the second course, the second half of the season. So it's going to it's going to be a dogfight early, and I think the Celtics are going to be able to find and exploit certain things. But Milwaukee will be tough in this series. Heading into our next team that has advanced to the second round, we have the Miami Heat. Um, they defeated the Atlanta Hawks 4-1 um, Tuesday night. They went, uh, they won by 97-94 in that game. And that was just a crazy game because Miami was without Kyle Lowry. 
Uh, they were without Jimmy Butler. Uh, I believe they have some knee injuries or something going on with them. Um, but the story of this game was Victor Oladipo returning uh, to the starting lineup. Um, he's been having injuries, especially knee injuries, since Indiana. Um, and just hasn't been able to get on the floor consistently and just hasn't been able to... Um, be able to be available, and, and and it's been uncertain. It's been it's it's been unfortunate because um, he's a really good player, a solid player, and for him to come out and and, and score twenty three points in the starting role for the Miami Heat, and they have been rehabilitating him all year and basically getting him ready for the playoffs. And to see him come out in the starters role, play north of thirty minutes, twenty minutes, or anything like that, he played thirty six minutes in this game, and it's just like wow, he was able to stay on the court and and be able to be a factor in this game, especially with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry out. Um, and the, the 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 Heat's defense has just been tormenting Trey Young this series. If you ever want to just look at the clips of this series of Trey Young just getting hounded by Miami, uh, PJ Tucker, uh, 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 <clears throat> and just this this Miami defense that just refused to let Trey Young get in there and and cause any havoc. Um, Trey Young was poor this game. He shot two for twelve, only had eleven points. Um, over the course of the series. Let's see what he had. Shot 31% and 18% from three. Basically just taken out of the series wholeheartedly. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a big series. Um, a coming out party a little bit here. Uh, having 21 points in the series. Um, and just being big time. And, and he had 35 in game five here. And he's been he's maybe this is a, a a step in the right direction what they thought Atlanta thought DeAndre Hunter could be uh, he was out the past couple of playoffs with injuries and stuff like that so for him to get in there and and, and be a big factor for them going forward hopefully um, that's something that Atlanta can at least take away from this series if anything else <laughs> if anything else they got absolutely destroyed by Miami um, this series um, Trey Young has he just played poorly and 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 Miami advances um, there's not much. To say about this series, besides Miami was an on seed, Helena was the eighth seed, and treated as such, as an eighth seed, as a bottom feeder, and, and absolutely got destroyed this series. Um, even though only losing by three this game, uh, the series just never felt close in terms of, besides the game winner by Trey in game three in Atlanta. Other than that, Miami had complete control of this series. Um, and they await the uh, winner of the Sixers in Toronto series, which is pretty interesting because everyone keeps saying how... Uh, Doc Rivers is king for blowing uh, 3-1 leads, uh, and it's just not looking good for them right now, even though they're up 3-2, even though they were up 3-0, and now to lose two in a row, um, heading into tonight's games, and it just looks very, very eerily similar to previous stops for Doc Rivers, and everyone's kind of playing that that card there, and he, he had a little rebuttal uh, the other day to that, uh, explaining his situations in Orlando and with the Clippers and 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 in those situations where he blew 3-1 leads. Um and I think he's right to some extent. In Orlando, he didn't have a great team. He had Tracy McGrady and not much else around him. Um, so for everyone to hold that against him, I just think it's foolish at that point in time. Uh, the Clippers situation where they blew the 3-1 lead to Houston. Um, I just always felt like the Clippers never had a bench in those situations. Um, and they they just ran out of gas. Um, I, I just didn't think they had enough depth. And, and of course, to lose to Josh Smith, and I, I believe it was what? Uh, 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 Forgetting his name, uh, Brewer, uh, Corey Brewer, <laughs> and those 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 hazmats of the rocket, the Houston Rockets bench, um, that was tough. And then to come out and then lose in the bubble, everyone's kind of blaming the bubble. They just weren't ready, and they blew that lead. So 
this is interesting going forward for them. But uh, Miami will be waiting, and they're able to get some rest for Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who they Kyle Lowry's only played three games in the series and just didn't look like himself. So hopefully he's able to get some rest and get back. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler, hopefully his knee is not as bad because he's been playing great this series, averaging 30 so far against it. It is in Atlanta, but to get 30 from Jimmy Butler and have him off to that hard start, even knocking down some threes, which is not his specialty and getting to the line and stuff like that. So hopefully he, they're able to get healthy and be ready to go against uh, uh, either Philly or Toronto. We'll see uh, later tonight how that plan pans out. But um, kudos to Miami for getting rid of this and, 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 and closing it in five games. I felt like they should have swept them. They were in position to swept, uh, sweep uh, Atlanta. So uh, for them to get it done in five, uh, that that's good for Miami going forward. And they're waiting this team, uh, especially uh, I bet you they're waiting for at least Philly and and Toronto to go seven. <laughs> That's what they would want. More time off, more rest for those guys. Um, putting more pressure on Joel Embiid to get the, the the series over. Hopefully that James Harden most likely advance. I think Philly advances. But uh, hoping James Harden continues his poor play over the course of this playoffs. Uh, and Joel Embiid, the more games, the more minutes he has to play on those knees and, and with that bad hand, especially right mm-hmm. now with the torn ligament in his thumb. Um, I think that... That's what Miami wants. They want a tired Philly team um, who has been trying to struggle to find themselves to close this series. And mm-hmm. it, we're going to find out after tonight if they have an opponent next time or it goes to Game 7 and they extend their rest for Miami. Um, we'll see how that goes. Heading into our next series, we have the Milwaukee Bucks advancing to the second round. Uh, they defeated the Chicago Bills uh, 4-1 to um, at the score of 116-100. to Um in a very uncontested game, uh, Milwaukee had this uh, from the start, the, out, the, the, the start of the game. Um, Giannis just dominated. Um, had 23 points, only missed one shot in the first half, and just and they just weren't on cruise control. Um, there's not much to write home about this game. Milwaukee took care of business, um, disposed of the Bulls in five games, and unfortunately the Bulls were out Caruso without Lonzo Ball, of course, with their, his knee injury, and was without uh, Zach Levine, who will have offseason surgery on his knee. Um, very unfortunate for the Chicago Bulls team that has been uh, uh, that was trending in the right direction. Even had Demar Derozan in MVP conversation. Um, but the story of this game, I was just I was just uh, disappointed in in, in um, Demar Derozan. Um, this is a guy who's an All Star and took a leap this season and MVP contention uh, for guy uh, over the first course of the season. And unfortunately, they just had some injuries late and and just couldn't get going. Um, but for me, even though he was being double and triple team, you figured that he would have found a way to be a little bit more aggressive offensively, get into the line and, and, and creating havoc that way. He only took 10 shots in 42 minutes and only got 11 points. Uh, that's very disappointing, um, especially where we have Nikola, Vuc- uh, Nikola Vucevic and Patrick Williams stepping up and, and trying to find ways to, to help that team last night. And, and of course, it was on, an onslaught and they got out of it and, and there wasn't much that uh, DeMar DeRozan could do, but you just thought he would have went out guns blazing. Um but just unfortunately didn't uh, for Milwaukee. The big story in this game to me was Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen shooting the three ball so well, um, able to knock uh, combined. They had nine threes knocked down. Um, Pat Connaughton had 20. Grayson Allen had 13. Um, just a great game for those guys, those others, because they're going to need them in the second round, especially going against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Chicago is not the Boston Celtics offensively or defensively. So especially without Chris Middleton, unfortunately, um, they're going to need those guys to step up and be able to be knockdown shooters and, 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 and be feisty defensively and, and create some havoc. Maybe we see more Serge Ibaka, who just hasn't been able to. They traded Dante DiVincenzo for him, but he has just not been active this season. I don't know what's going on, if his back's still going or he just can't find any minutes in the rotation. But 
Uh, the Bucks will need him going forward. Uh, uh, going forward against the Celtics, um, Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Um, they've been a solid front front tandem, um, especially going into a series where they're going to have Al Horford and Tias or Al Horford and Robert Williams. They're going to need some size up front um, to go against these guys, and I think that's going to be an advantage that uh, Milwaukee has. They're able to have some type of size there. Um, especially with Giannis, they're going to have three seven-footers on the floor. So to see how they play with that, with Giannis attacking inside and, and, and Brooke Lopez and, and, and Bobby Portis providing spacing, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they that goes forward. Um, and if the Celtics switching defense happens, can they take advantage of those situations there um, in terms of Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez? Can they take advantage of Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart or Peyton Pritchard that comes in the game? Um or even a Grant Williams. Grant Williams is undersized. He's a solid defender, but still still small in stature. He's only like 6'6". Six, six. So that's going to be a size advantage that I think Milwaukee could exploit, especially with the switching that the Celtics do. Can they continue that? And especially on the boards, can they match up-wise on the boards against the Celtics, especially with Robert Williams trying to come back? Is he fully go, able to go on the boards? Um, it's going to be a battle for sure, especially on the front line, and see how the Celtics guard that. Um, Milwaukee does have a chance in this series. I, I just don't think they're going to win the series. I think they're going to lose uh, in six. But Giannis is going to give him hell. Um, uh, I, I think he's going to have those guys ready and understand the moment and understand what the game is and, and how big this is going forward. Um, expect, it's going to be tough without Chris Middleton. That's just unfortunate um, that he's not going to be able to give it a go and to just already be ruled out kind of dampers a little bit. But uh, uh, we will see how that game plays out Sunday um, against the Celtics there for Milwaukee. Heading into our next team that advanced to the second round, we have the Golden State Warriors defeating Denver Nuggets, uh, one hundred two to ninety-eight, uh, taking that series four to one. Um, uh, the first two games of this series was a blowout, um, but the last three games have been competitive, uh, which has been uh, good to see. Especially, I didn't want to see Denver get out, go out that way, um, especially with Nikola Jokic playing at such a high level. Um, uh, and this great game that was just uh, uh, Nikola Jokic and, and Steph Curry at the, the peak of their powers going at it, and, and, and Steph Curry having uh, 30 points in this game. But Nikola Jokic was just a joy to watch. Um, he had a hamstring injury late in the game um, and just toughed it out. Um, yeah, finishing the game with 30 points, 19 rebounds, and 8 assists in a losing effort. Um, this game was good. Um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm upset at uh, Aaron Gordon. Um he had 15 in the first half and was aggressive in the first quarter and, and just got going and was attacking the front line of of of, uh, of Golden State um, and just and, and just tailored off in the second half, unfortunately. He, only, he didn't have any points in the second half. And to, to have 15 in the first half and just be taking out the game and, and, and not continuing to use your athleticism, maybe he was tired from chasing Curry on switches and stuff like that, but just to have nothing. He only took three shots, but just to have nothing – uh, to to aid Joker in the second half and and, and possibly keep your season alive um, was unfortunate. Um, big story of the game was Demarcus Cousins. He came in and, and provided help and scored 19, which is his playoff career high. Um, he never made the playoffs in Sacramento. He got hurt in New Orleans and uh, in Golden State only played limited limited minutes. Um, but to come in here and provide a, a spark for a Denver team that needed an and try to find any uh, uh, relief for, for for the Joker. Um, for him to come in and get 19 points just speaks to how talented he is and the hard work that he's put in to get back on the court. Um, there was reports that he thought he said he thought about quitting before the Nuggets called. Um, 
and it's good just to see him paired back up with Mike Malone in, in, in Denver. Um, Mike Malone was his coach in Sacramento. Um, to see him come back in and get 19 points and, and provide a big boost for uh, Denver, who needed it in this game, even despite the loss. It was good, good to see DeMarcus Cousins out there um, being DeMarcus Cousins, using his talent, scoring in the post, uh, knocking down a couple threes. It was nice to see him out there and, 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 and just back on the floor helping Denver. Um, uh, but Golden State is just too much. Um, Gary the Payton, the second, the mitten, uh, came in and was able to knock down some threes and play great defense on the backcourt of uh, Denver. Um, and, and this was just a just a, just a close game that Denver fought valiantly in, and just down the stretch it was just just too much going down the stretch for the Denver Nuggets, who are undermanned, of course, without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Um, to see them falter in this game was it was disappointing because you, you know Joker David all he had, he, especially he had a right hamstring injury, playing with five fouls in the fourth quarter, and for him to just go out there and get twelve twelve points in the, in, in the fourth quarter alone and, and just try to will his team to to to, to get back in it, um, it, it sucks. It sucks seeing him go out that way, but it was a valiant effort from him. Um, I believe the Warriors are awaiting either the winner of uh, the Minnesota-Memphis uh, series, um, I believe. Yeah, that's the series that they're waiting, I believe. Uh, let's see. Yep, that is the series, I believe. I believe it's Memphis or Minnesota they're waiting on, and that was a big-time game that happened the other night as well. Um, um, a big-time game from John Moran late in that game. He had 16 in the fourth. Uh, what did he have overall? He had 30 overall, and he just felt like Minnesota was going to run away, especially in the fourth quarter they were up. And they just blew another lead in the series, surprising, not surprisingly. Um, especially, I think it was like six minutes to go. Uh, uh, they were up uh, double digits or so. And they just blew that lead again. Um, a guy that, uh, John Morant's going to be the story here, having 18 in the quarter, in the fourth quarter. And, and, and just propelling that team, getting to the line and, and, and knocking down a big three. But I think the big guy that is going to get overlooked in this game, but was probably the story of the game to me, was Brandon Clark. Um, to battle all night, and he had 10 rebounds alone in the fourth quarter. So for him to battle on the boards like that against the Carl Anthony Towns, against that front line, especially with uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. having foul trouble and Steven Adams basically taking out the series just because of mismatch problems, just for him to go out there and battle on the boards all night and and, and play huge like that for Memphis was, was big time. Um, Desmond Bain was the only guy really carrying Memphis, knocking down some timely shots there and some threes. Um, Dylan Burke struggled on the night, so for Brandon Clark to get 21 and 15 off the bench um, was huge for Memphis, and, and 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 kudos to him to step out like that and be physical on the glass and and just be aggressive. That was awesome to see. Um, in Minnesota, just another blown lead. It's just like what the hell is going on with this team? When you think they even have the game in hand, they find a way to lose it. They find a way to throw it away, and it's like what the hell? Uh, 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 Anthony Edwards gambled on a late game steal that uh, John Moran hit the game winner on a layup, and he gambled on the steal that was unnecessary. I would rather have John Moran shoot a, a, a contested shot in that situation, but he gambled on the steal on the inbound pass and gave up a lane to the to the basket, um, and just lost the game. And it was just like, damn, <laughs> another lost game for Minnesota where they had control on the series, and it just falters away. And it's like, when is this team going to figure it out? And, and, and I said this was going to be one of the most entertaining series, and it is. 
just from a battle standpoint, it was contrasting styles of play here. And it's turning out that way. John Morant was able to turn up in the second half and get 18 and, and really pour it on and, and lead the, the, the Grizzlies back uh, from a double-digit deficit. And just the, the series is just crazy going back and forth like this. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, everybody wants it to go seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Memphis should figure this out and get this done. They, they need to stop playing around and get to the second, uh, the next series against the Warriors. You don't want to give the Warriors more rest and more time to plan and, and, and game plan against you. So uh, I think it's important that they win game six going forward. And, and get back in this series and, well, end this series and, and put the Wolves away. Uh, the Wolves have been valiant but have played dumb basketball, quite frankly. Just dumb basketball, especially late in games. Um, D'Angelo Russell late in that game <laughs> waved off Anthony Edwards and and got an isolation and hit the, the side of the other side of the backboard shooting the ball. It's like, what are you doing? Anthony Edwards has been the best player in this series for Minnesota, in my opinion. And especially in especially just shot making. So for him not to get the ball late, he did hit a three to tie the game, I believe, at 109. Yes, he did. On a, on a great out-of-bounds play, they kind of redeemed themselves, and you thought it was going to overtime. And, and John Morant was just able to lay that ball up and get that back in there and take over that game. But it's just like, it's just bad execution down the stretch for Minnesota. Game after game after game. It's surprising that they won two games. How bad they played and how bad they looked at times. Um, Memphis looks like they're trying to figure out figure it out as a young team. Um, they don't really have much playoff experience. They were in the playoffs last year, but that not really. Um, Steven Adams has playoff experience from OKC, but he hasn't been a factor this series. Um, so they're trying to figure it out. And you can see that um, playing out over the course of this series of them trying to figure it out and, and, and how to finish games and how to get back in games and how to get timely shots. So it's interesting to see how they're struggling and Minnesota has been able to provide issues for them. And I feel like this is a good test going forward. This can either make or break them. This can expose Memphis going forward. Um, I think they're going to win in six. Um, but I picked them to win six. So for them to have this test of Minnesota, is this going to prepare them for the next round potentially against Golden State? Potentially against Golden State. Oh, wait. So they need to finish this series real fast and get Minnesota out the way and be ready for Golden State. Because Golden State, um, I think it's a better matchup. I think it's a better matchup for I think it's a better matchup for the NBA going forward. Because now you have these three backcourt players of Poole, Curry, and Thompson going up against Ja, Desmond Bain, and Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson Jr. against uh D um Draymond Green. I think that's gonna be a great matchup going forward. So it's just up to just up to Memphis if they want to end it tomorrow at at 9 p.m. tomorrow against Minnesota. It's up to them to see if they can just get past this and and, and, and put this away and basically grow up. And they're going to have to grow up against it if they're going to advance the next round and play the Warriors. And just to touch base on Denver. Um, unfortunately, they just had a bunch of injuries and going forward with, uh, especially with Jamal, um, Jamal Murray and um, Michael Porter Jr. being out. Um, so... It's just going to be interesting to see how they go forward with their team. Um, if they can get some more help for Nikola Jokic, of course, Michael Porter Jr. And uh, Jamal Murray are, are, are going to be a big help coming back, especially having the full offseason underneath the belt. Um, especially Aaron Gordon. He plays. He had some flashes this series, but not enough to uh, extend the series. But you're looking at them and you're just like, if this team is healthy, they could be. A t- they should have been a top team in the West this year, especially if you're looking at how 
Joker Joker is playing and 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 how this team was built, um, especially with the the scoring prowess that they would have had and be able to run. Um, it's just unfortunate that they uh, fell short here and had these injuries because it's like you see what this team is with Nikola Jokic. You had a Jamal Murray who would have been able to help on the defensive end and and, and a Michael Porter Jr. who at least would have been able to provide some offense. Um, it's just unfortunate. Um, you're wondering if they can add some help down here at the bottom of their bench uh, and find another guy because I feel like that's what they're missing. Um, uh, especially even with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., if they can just add enough of another guy that can just help them. Um, Jeff Green is under contract. Monte Morris is under contract. Will Barton's in his last year of his deal. Maybe that's a, 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 a angle they can play and try to find somebody to trade for. Um, and use his contract going forward to upgrade their bench situation or maybe just a starting position. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with that. Um, Nikola Jokic is reported going to get probably one of the richest deals in NBA history. I think at $253 million going forward has been reported. Um, we'll see how that goes. I think he's going to sign anyway. And, and, and that's going to be good for Denver, who has had trouble trying to keep people, especially like um, uh, the Carmelo Anthony situation uh, over a decade ago. And they've just been trying to get back on the right footing. And I think they have a good core going forward, especially if Michael Porter Jr. can stay healthy. Um, that's been a big issue, unfortunately, with his back. Um, hopefully they're able to figure out something with that back because back injuries have derailed a lot of careers. And guys like Steve Nash, Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson, uh, multiple guys. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that, especially he only whew, he has 100 what did he sign for? He has a big deal left on his con. He has a, a lot of money left on his contract. Um, let's see how much money he has. And that contract is five years, $172 million on that deal. In the first year, he's it hasn't even kicked in yet, and he's injured. So he has, but, 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 but. yeah, a hundred and what? $40 million left on that deal. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that goes forward. And with Denver, how they're going to be able to navigate handling all this money. They're going to have three guys making north of 30 possibly $40 million with Nikola Jokic's uh, future contract coming up. Um, so the, if they can handle that financials and, and be able to hold forward, forward, I think Denver's going to have a good team going forward. It's just adding the right pieces around Joker, uh, Joker uh, to see how he progresses here, uh, especially a, a possible another MVP season for him. Um, and I, I like Denver a lot because they have a, a, a Joker's fun to watch. They're very, one of the best lead pass teams. And Jamal Murray had that outcoming in the, in the bubble. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has grown as a player. Uh, Mike Malone, I always liked him since Sacramento as a coach. So uh, going forward, it looks like they have pillars in place, but it's just if those pillars can hold up, especially with injuries with Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr., can they hold up? and not waste this prime time of, of, of Nikola Jokic career where the Denver Nuggets are in a position to win the West, especially with Thomas transition. Um, Chris Paul's getting older. The Lakers are f flailing. Uh, Portland has uh, uh, cratered out. Uh, I think they are better better than Dallas. Um, Utah's in question. Uh, uh, the Clippers are in question with their injury history with Kawhi and Paul George. So going forward Denver can be could be in position to 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 lead the west going forward and 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 be a top seed and and be a juggernaut going forward I think in my eyes so um we'll see how that plays out but a valiant effort by uh Nikola Jokic on the season um I think he's going to be MVP um and we'll see what they can go they can do don't going forward 
In our first game tonight, we have the 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors. Um, Philadelphia advances, uh, winning this series in six uh, of a blowout, uh, surprisingly, 132 to 97. Um, they closed out this game fairly easy. Um, Tyrese Maxey had 25. Joel Embiid had 33 and 10 rebounds. Um, but the most important thing in this game is James Harden finally having an efficient game. Um, he had 22 points on 7 from 12 from the field with 15 assists, and, and that's good. As long as James Harden is playing efficiently, this team is has the chance to have big leads and, 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 and push their offense, and James Harden being efficient is a part of that. Um, he has to be efficient going forward, especially against Miami where the defense is going to be tougher. You're going to have a little bit more resistance there. Um, and that's good. That's good signs for Philadelphia, where James Harden has been struggling heading into the playoffs, and now early in this playoff, these playoffs, he's been struggling a bit there. Um, to finally sit there and see him have a good game is good for Philadelphia, and and especially with them advancing and Brooklyn being out, especially with the whole Ben Simmons trade. Um, that's definitely something that Philadelphia definitely needed to see going forward, especially if they're going to consider extending James Harden. James Harden has been shooting forty percent this series. Uh, 19 points and 10 assists is good, but inefficient shooting. Um, so to see him finally have a good game and get over the top there was good for Philadelphia. Um, the only thing here is I just wonder how their bench is going to hold up. Um, they got to get George Niang going and Paul Reed and 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 Shake Milton uh, uh, going, especially if they're going to face Phil, especially going up against Miami. Uh, they have uh, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Tobias Harris did step up this series, shooting 50% from the field and, and getting. 18 and nearly 10 rebounds a game. That's great for uh, Tobias Harris. Hopefully that's a confidence booster for him going forward. Um, and as we look at Toronto, um, it's just you just wonder where they're heading. Um, you know, there's rumors of Nick Nurse going to uh, L.A. Of course, he's a clutch client and all that. Um, Pascal Siakam, I, I picked him to make NBA thir third team, All-NBA. Um, you're wondering what mm -hmm. his pathway is. He's 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 locked up there for a little bit. Uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, OG Ananobi. Uh, there's a good young core there with uh, Chris Boucher and and Princess Achua. Um, you're just wondering where they're going to continue to, how they're going to get better. They have young guys that can produce right now, but you're just they're missing that star there in Toronto with a like even even to the level of Kyle Lowry there, who was big time for them for nearly a de I believe a decade. And, and they had Kawhi Leonard, who came from in the DeMar DeRozan trade, um, for that one year, for that hat, for that one year that he came in and, and turned that team around and won a championship. So you're just wondering where this team goes forward in, in, in that regard, how they're going to get better, how they're going to add. It's north of the border, not necessarily a free agent destination. So they do have a good core there with Siakam, uh, Aninobi, and Barnes there. Especially Scotty Barnes, I'm really impressed how he played this series, even on one leg, um, giving it all he got for that team, and and, and toughing it out against Joel Embiid is not easy, um, and 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 willing to to go the extra mile to be on the floor and and play tough. Um, so you're just wondering where this team goes going forward. Uh, let me just check out. They have a couple big contracts on their roster. They have $33 million for Pascal Siakam, $21 million for Fred Van Fleet. So you're just wondering how they're going to get better in terms of if they're going to move a guy. Maybe a, a Gary Trent Jr. is a, a good option to move, especially give Scotty Bonds more minutes uh, uh, and get other guys involved here and, and try to create some more uh, players for this roster because um, they just don't have a star on their team. Pascal Siakam is 
borderline all-star, all-star caliber player. But they're going to need more going forward. Fred Van Fleet, um, a, a good two-way guard who can get buckets and, and defend at a high level. But you're just wondering if Toronto is going to be able to take that next step and continue to reach that that level that they've reached. Maybe not even the championship level, but even the playoff level just to advance around and, and see what they can do there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward. Um, as we look forward to the next round for uh, Philadelphia going up against the Miami Heat. Um, you're just wondering about Jimmy Butler's knee there and Kyle Lowry's health going forward. But this is going to be a, a, another test for Philadelphia, especially they brought in James Harden to basically win a championship. And for them to do that, they have to get through Miami here, who's going to make it tough. Um, Miami has a bunch of shooters, a bunch of tough tough individuals on defense, especially with P.J. Tucker. They're going to try to put him on James Harden at times and run him ragged. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see from that standpoint how does Philly respond to that where Toronto was undersized and, and, and had an advantage there. Maybe maybe Philly even still has an advantage there with Mayim Adebayo there, um, not being as uh, physically imposing as Embiid. But uh, uh, just to have those other guys that can run around and score, the, Philadelphia is going to have to guard these guys. Um Max Struess, a Tyler Hero, especially uh, Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they run around and guard those guys. And and this is going to be a test of battles here because Miami and Philadelphia, they're gonna, there might even be a fight in this series, how things are going to go. Um, I believe it's going to be a physical series. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Next up, we have the Phoenix Suns advancing in six over the Pelicans, uh, 115 to 109. Uh, this is basically the Chris Paul game. He, he had a perfect game from the field, 14 for 14 from the field with 33 points and 8 assists, um, and, and just played marvelous and, and was able to mipl- manipulate defenses, getting to his spots with pick and rolls and, 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 and using his dribble and, and using his know-how to, to basically take over this game. Um, he had 23 in the second half and, and just dominated and took over, and, and, and the Pelicans just didn't have an answer against this Chris Paul dominance here. And this is how he's able to control a series, uh, control a game and control a series. And, and, and he was able to get it done. Um, Devin Booker did return this game from a hamstring injury. Uh, surprisingly played 32 minutes off a hamstring injury out of nowhere. Um, was able to knock down a big three in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the game. Um, and, and Phoenix advances. Um, Chris Paul played fantastic. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had a good series. Mikhail Bridges had a big game five. Uh, he was able to chip in 18 in this game. And Phoenix advances. This is what they do. They have a mission. They're, they're looking to get to the finals again. Um, and they they handled uh, the Pelicans. The Pelicans put up a, a good fight, and, and that was good to see. And um, Shout out to the Pelicans, especially Will Green. He showed emotion after the game, um, um, tears in his eyes, and, and especially with, in defeat. Because uh, these games were close. It wasn't like they were out of the series at any point. Um, and, and they hang tough, and, and they try to give it all they had, uh, especially a coming out party for Brandon Ingram and, and and, and, and C.J. McCollum going there, especially just exuberating professionalism and, and, and class while he's down there. He's already says he wants to stay there. So that was good to see, especially for the Pelicans organization. It has always been in flux over the A.D. era and, 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 and even the Zion era right now. Um, and it was good to see the young guys, especially Herbert Jones. I thought he played tremendously this series, especially he was able to knock down some shots and, mm-hmm. and be efficient offensively. Um, but defensively, his long arms and just being able to contest and, and, and get in the passing lanes, that was awesome to see, especially with Jose Alvarado basically being a pest all series to uh, uh, Chris Paul. And that was a good test for Chris Paul, even in his old age, at 36 in the NBA. Um, I believe he's going to turn 37 soon. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, shout out to Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones. Those guys played really well. Even Trey Murphy, uh, he was able to knock down some shots this series and, and be consistent threat from three. Uh, Larry Nance was a good solid addition, um, basically eating up the minutes from Jackson Hayes. He's a better defender and it was able to chip in with 15 in this game. Um, but the Pelicans have some options going forward. I was a little concerned there, especially how they handled the Stan Van Gundy era, which was only one year, and, and this Zion catastrophe. They were able to trade for C.J. McCollum and kind of sal salvage their season um, and turn it around and, and be competitive. And to get two games on one seed, even with Devin Booker being out some games, um, that's impressive for for the Pelicans going forward. Um that's awesome for them, and uh, to have C.J. McCollum underneath their belt and, and, and have these guys, and Brandon Ingram looks like he's going to cuss of being a star, superstar, uh, especially getting buckets. Um, that's going to be interesting to go forward. Um, and, and, and the question, only question marks with this this team right now is what is Rose Zion going to play when he comes back? Is he going to want to stay here? Um, his contract is up. He's up for a rookie extension. Um, it's going to be up to the Pelicans to see if they're going to willing to commit, but they're going to have to get some – some commitment out of Zion to be in shape and get healthy and, 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 and drop some pounds there as, as that's been the issue. Because this team seems like it's ready to take a next step in terms of making the playoffs consistently now and, and, and having some know-how, especially having that playoff experience, as I said, for those young guys. Um, but they got to they gotta figure out the Zion situation. That's the biggest question mark surrounding this team. Um how are they going to handle that going forward? Uh, but Brandon Ingram was very impressive this series, um, playing big time, averaging 27 a game with six rebounds and six assists. That's impressive on 47% shooting. CJ McCollum wasn't efficient as much, but to just be another score there for next to Brandon Ingram gave them a chance to series. And Valachunas was very big this series, especially on the offensive glass. And and, and, and and the Pelicans get into the free throw line. That was huge. And they showed that they know how to win games and been able to and, and compete and play in games. Um, imagine this team was in the play-in. So to, get, <laughs> to extend the series here and get to six, um, that's awesome for this Pelicans team, and, uh, especially a small market team um, that has been in trouble. Uh, 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 retaining stars, especially the Anthony Davis situation, potentially Zion situation. Maybe they can flip Zion. That's something that they're going to have to look at. Um, potentially, if he wants to leave and he just wants out and doesn't want to be in New Orleans, I don't understand why. Um, maybe the franchise, but they seem to be going heading in the right direction after a bunch of question marks, especially with the C.J. Uh, uh, McCollum trade and bringing in Larry Nash Jr. Um, it seems like they have some type of uh, uh, plan in place going forward, and it's to compete and be in the playoffs. Hopefully they can stay healthy. That's the most important thing here. But um, it's good to see that from the Pelicans. Thank God. Thank God this next series is over. Um, we don't have to see the Utah Jazz anymore. Um, Dallas Mavericks advanced uh, uh, last night in a close one, 98-96. Um, and let me just see how disgusted I am with the Utah Jazz. Um, they had a 12-point lead heading into halftime playing well and it's like oh maybe Utah's pulling this out maybe Utah's finally figured some stuff out and 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 figured out how to defeat this Mavs team tonight at least to extend it to seven and then the third quarter happened <laughs> and in the third quarter the Mavericks proceed to go eight from 12 from three and it's like again Utah this is how you're going to be defeated again again you're going to be defeated by the three and it's like every single game that they lose even for the past couple years 
they start giving up these threes. Teams start attacking Rudy Gobert off the pick and rolls. Uh, they start putting um, these guys in trouble, and they just have no answer. And, and taking bad shots and being inefficient, I'm sorry. And Rudy Gobert has to add something to his offensive game to be more effective, yes. But for the Utah Jazz to continue to lose by just giving up three-pointers all the time, they gave up 14 three-pointers in the second half. 14 of 25, 56% the Mavericks shot in this game. And you're just looking at it, and it's like Utah again to lose a series again. This is how it's going to happen again. And it's just the same old story with this Utah Jazz team. Um, and they just struggled. And, and, and Utah had a chance to win late uh, uh, with Bogdanovich. He had an open three, had the space. The Utah Jazz actually got a good look. Even in the fourth quarter, they were playing terribly. But they got a good look late, and he just short-rimmed it. And, and that's the end of their season and probably the end of this initial team here going forward. Um, and, yeah, that's the story. Um, Mavericks didn't even play that well. They had 24 from Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has been big time for them. He had a great game. Uh, Dory Finney-Smith had a great game, but they didn't play great. Um, and for Utah to just toss this game away up 12 and, and just taking bad shots in the fourth quarter. They shot 36%, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And that's not going to get it done. That's not efficient basketball. They were just taking reckless shots, trying to drive to the basket and draw fouls. And it's like, that's not how you're going to win this game. Um, unfortunately, they just don't use Rudy Gobert the right way. They don't get him to attack more, at least even passing the ball to finish. Uh, he got blocked by Luka randomly. And, and, <laughs> and maybe that's why they don't want to give him the ball. But it's just like, you guys cannot win this way. You guys cannot play this way and expect to win playing this way by giving up all these three-pointers and being that bad defensively at that time in games consistently throughout the years. And they try to go small and put Eric Pascal in for a little bit, and, and that seemed to be a little spark there, but this was just, it's, it's just the same old Utah Jazz that we're going to see. Um, and they got to figure it out this offseason, what they're going to do with Rudy Gobert. Uh, uh, how are they going to handle... Uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell going forward, does he went out? He looked dejected after every loss. <laughs> so for them to figure this out going forward, you're just wondering how they're going to move forward, especially Danny Angel, the Boston guy, um, coming in there. Is he going to be willing to go forward with Rudy Gobert making $38 million left on his deal uh, 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 for next year and, and, and a big contract over the next couple of years? Um, what is Donovan Mitchell's play in here? And Mike Conley, I was disappointed with him. Unfortunately, he just didn't play well. Um, and you're just wondering what's next for this team going forward. Uh, uh, they have a big payroll. Are they going to be willing to pay it? Are they going to be willing to keep this core together and just tinker a little bit? But I don't think so. I think it's going to lead to a breakup. Um, I think they're going to want to look to do something else. Um, yeah, Mike Conley shot 33% in this game. He's making $30 million a year, getting nine points and five assists. That's not going to get it done. They need to improve from that spot, especially at the point guard spot, to take pressure off Donovan Mitchell uh, to set these guys up a little bit more easily. Chris Paul probably would have been the best point guard for this team. Um, but he went to Phoenix, uh, rightfully so. Uh, and, and you're just looking at this Utah Jazz team just with a bunch of questions, just a bunch of questions going forward. Um what are they going to do cap-wise? What are they going to do to improve this team? I think the only question is, to is Rudy going to be the answer to leave or Donovan Mitchell or possibly both? Is Utah going to go ahead for a rebuild? This is just flat-out not working. Of course, Donovan Mitchell is only 25 years old. You want to keep him 
going forward. But if he doesn't want to be there, you got to figure something out. If he's not going to want to be there, I mean, he's not going to want to stay in Utah, honestly. If they're playing and getting getting kicked out this way and having these bad playoff losses. Um, it isn't like the team is improving every time. They're getting worse. I believe they're in one seed last year, and they're getting worse every year. They look the same every year, especially late in games when they get beat by threes and, and looking porous defensively. Um, so I don't know what direction they headed, but they're going to probably try to lean towards trading Rudy Gobert. Um, he's going to be the fall guy here, of course. Perennial Defensive Player of the Year candidate. He's a, He has multiple Defensive Player Award wins. So it's just interesting. To, it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward with this. I know Danny Ainge is not going to sit there and let this uh, 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 fester like this. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think of some trades. Uh, there was I spoke earlier about Ben Simmons uh, and Rudy Gobert. That's a possibility that people have floated out there. Um, Rudy Gobert to Charlotte, I think, would be a good look, especially for Charlotte looking to improve their defensive uh, front and have the actual center. Um, that could be a possibility, I'm thinking. Um, and, you know, there's there's rumors out there, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, and, 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 and it's going to be interesting to see how they this plays out. Um, a deal does look favorable because they do have years left on their contract. You can have a little bit more of a solid deal. Maybe Utah gets some expirings, get some picks. Um, yeah, they got to figure this out because it's, it's just not working, unfortunately, and they look like a hot mess. Wonder if Quinn Snyder is going to be the fall guy here, um, possibly get fired after all these exits. Um, that would suck, I think, and I think that would be poor taste of uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, but yeah, they got to figure it out. Let's see here. Let me go back here. They lost in the conference. Quinn Snyder has been there one, two, three, eight years. And they've had, they've lost, they've never got past the second round. So that's a bad mark on him. He's probably, again, he's probably going to be the fall guy here potentially. Um, and that's tough because I think he's a good coach. I think they're just, it's just the dynamics of the team uh, right now. And they, they just haven't made the right moves and, and they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they got Mike Conley thinking he was going to take them over the top and progress them. And he just hasn't. Um, now that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, they, there's been reports the past couple of years they had beef and they don't like the direction of the team and, and they said various things in the media. So it's just like this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, Utah has to figure out what they're going to do coaching-wise. Uh, hopefully not fire Quinn Snyder. Um, uh, yeah, they got to figure something out. Either Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell is going to be out of there. And we're going to find that out sooner than later, I think. Uh, but kudos to the Mavs going forward. Uh, Jalen Brunson had 27 points, oh, nearly 28 points in this series, shooting 48% from the field. He's definitely going to earn himself a bag this summer. Um, I believe he turned down a four-year. Uh, I believe they only offered him a four-year $54 million deal before the season. He's outplayed that similar to Jordan Poole. And uh, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, has stepped up and been big team, big time for this team. Um, just as a second ball handler, being a big-time shot maker, even though he hasn't shot well. Um, but able to knock down clutch shots. Dorian Fury Smith has been solid. Um, and I'm just surprised by this uh, uh, Mavericks team. Of course, it's Luka Ball, but he did miss he did miss three games. So for for Dallas to continue to manipulate uh, uh, Utah, maybe it was just an easy matchup nightmare for them. But to exploit them like that and just be able to just kill them from three, uh, nearly 100 threes made this series. Um, that's insane. They made what?
They made 44 more threes than the Jazz, and that was basically the difference in how they were able to dominate this series, basically, in my eyes. Um, and they have the Phoenix Suns next, which is going to be a great series. We got the, the passing of the torch of the point guards here with uh, uh, Chris Paul and Luka Doncic going at it. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think Phoenix wins that in six. Uh, I think even though this is Luka's first time advancing out the first round, I think he he's played with the know-how and... and and Dallas has their defensive front, but DeAndre Ayton isn't Rudy Gobert in terms of, of uh, on the offensive end. I think I believe he's going to attack those guys, and, and especially not dealing with Valanciunas this series. I think they're going to dominate on the boards. Uh, I think Phoenix is going to put Mikael Bridges on Luka Doncic and, and chase him around and wear him down. We saw we saw uh, uh, him chase down the, the, the Pelicans there and, and play 41 minutes and, and, and really give it his all, especially the pace that Dallas plays. They don't play fast, so... I think that's going to be there to their advantage, and Mikael Bridges is going to attack defensively and, and try to disrupt Jalen Brunson and, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic. Um, and some people are saying that Dallas can have a chance to upset this series if, De- if Devin Booker is 100%. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think uh, I think Phoenix has the better team. They're the one seed for a reason, best team through the season all year. So for them to take a step back against Dallas, I just don't see it, especially when I think they have some advantages that they can exploit, especially putting Doncic in the pick and roll and, and, and eight and down low in the paint. I think there's going to be a lot of mismatches for Phoenix, and I think that's a good sign going forward for Phoenix. I think they're going to win the series in six. And in potentially our last game of the first round, um, we have the Memphis Grizzlies going to Minnesota uh, in game six. Um, I think Memphis should close this out tonight. Um I believe they always had the better team, and even though Minnesota has looked like the better team over the course of the series, I think that's just Memphis trying to adjust and figure this thing out, uh, making adjustments, being a young team in the playoffs, even though Minnesota is young. They do have a Patrick Beverly. They do have an Anthony Edwards. They do have a Carl Anthony Towns who are game and, and want to compete. Um, but I just think Memphis is the better team and should be able to close this out. John Moran should be able to have a big game. Uh, Desmond Desmond Bain should be able to have a big game. Brandon Clark has been huge for them off the bench, uh, especially on the boards. I think he's been great and, and, and possibly earned himself a contract this summer. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. has struggled, and I want to see him get better. Maybe he'll have better success in the next round against the Warriors. Um, maybe potentially de- dealing with Draymond Green. That's going to be an interesting bat- matchup between two guys who were candidates for defense player of the year um, and, and defensive teams, of course. Um and I think the the trio of John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and Desmond Bain against Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Jordan Poole at backcourt in Golden State, I think that's an interesting matchup going forward. Um, I think, I believe Memphis should be able to win this in six and close this out and be able to head to the next round. Um, the Timberwolves, I, I, we we just seen them blow too many big leads. They're going to be hype, of course, but we saw it the last time they were hyped to start a game. Memphis came in there and took control of that game and, and, and won that quite handedly. Um. Yeah, get this done, Memphis. Advance to the next round. Let's get a good matchup between Golden State and Memphis. And that's going to do it for Episode 6 of the Basketball Soapbox. Um, there's no games on Saturday. I'm looking to catch up on Sunday uh, with Kari and, uh, and Rayner and, and go over round one again and just to recap that and, and kind of get an outlook out there and have some interesting takes. Um, uh, Boston and Milwaukee play that afternoon, so we should be able to talk about that game and more. Um, and just give you another entertaining conversation about basketball. That's what the goal of this podcast is. Um, Thank you for listening, and until next time, thank you.